0: Welcome to Uppity Women. It is the week of Halloween in 2019. And I would like to say that I planned this episode to air on the week of Halloween, but that would be a lie and I try to be honest. my guest today is Brian Parker. He's a psychic medium, healer, and teacher. Uh, He, (laughs) this is, it's bizarre for me even to be telling you this um, because I'm not really a um, psychic reader kind of gal. I am terribly curious and I hope that there are um, things outside our consciousness that we just can't see or don't see or, well, I guess some of us do, but um, anyway, I'm, I'm intrigued by all things paranormal and unexplained, uh, although not to the point where I, I go really do any research. Um, I don't do any ghost hunting. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost. I don't feel like I've ever felt a ghost or anything like that. So I wouldn't say I'm a believer necessarily, but I want to think that that there's something there. And I, th- this reading that I got that I've decided to share with you First of all, I can't even remember now how it came up, but I think a friend and I were talking about psychics. I I just can't remember. There was something that happened, this has been a month or so ago, when I did this, so I I just can't remember what the details were, but I decided to record a reading um, and see how it went and share it with you because I just think it's fascinating. And if you have had experiences or uh, anything that you want to share with us, I want you to call and leave a message and let me know if we can play it on the air. But the phone number is 501-232- 1175 and i'll put that in the show notes as well but if you want to share anything with us please do and you don't have to use your name but um anyway i'm just endlessly fascinated so uh anyway so brian is in austin and he'll talk more about himself at the end i recorded this uh as a phone call it was a phone call and so it the quality is not great um and there are a couple of spots when i was listening to it again that i couldn't quite make out what he was saying but um but you'll get the gist of it. And I also wondered how to do it. Should I stop it as he talks and kind of explain what I'm thinking as he goes along or just like let it run and then talk at the end. So I think I'm going to do the latter. I decided not to do any editing at all so that you could hear it the way I heard it. So you're going to hear some long pauses. And there were a couple of times where I even had to make sure that it was still going because it sounded like it had just stopped. So just bear with it. And then uh, what I tried to do was not say anything. There were, you know, some mm-hmm and yes, I get it or whatever. I had to, I did have to validate something at one point. You'll hear that. Uh, but For the most part, I tried to just let him talk and try not to give any clues. Now, I'm sure that anyone could find out anything about me online. I am a pretty open book, so I don't, I don't want to um, pretend like he couldn't have found out anything about me. Again, I'm a skeptic. I get it, but I also kind of looked at this as therapy, and it really sort of served as a kind of therapy. And you'll hear more about that in the conversations. So. Anyway, I'm going to let you listen to the whole thing, and then at the end, I will come back and explain some more that is not explained in my conversation with Brian. So yeah, this is going to be a long episode. You can break it up into pieces if you would like. Um, I'm just looking at my notes. If you want, like his reading lasts for about 40 minutes, and then we start having more of a conversation. And then at about 54 minutes, then he starts to talk about his background. So if you want to jump ahead, you can. But I recommend if you're interested, if you're going to listen to it, you may as well listen to the whole thing. You might just have to do it in a couple sittings. Um, So anyway, I hope you enjoy this and I will be back. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm going to normally, when I
1: record for a podcast or something, I, I ask to do kind of an introduction, but, um, I'm going to, I want you to do the way you normally do this. And then at the end, I want to make sure to get the best way to contact you a little bit more about yourself if you don't already cover that in our talk. Um, sure. I just, just don't let me forget that. Okay. Okay.
2: So, uh, have you had a reading before?
1: Um, I have been to one, I think she was a palm reader in New Orleans and that was 25 years ago, probably. And then I did one reading by email that was interesting, um, you know, not life-changing or anything, but it was interesting.
2: All right. So what's going to happen is I'm going to shuffle the cards, and then that's really just uh, a way for me but to kind of get out of the way, and then I'll tell you what I get, and there will be a point where uh, I'll basically just sort of open it up, and it becomes more conversational. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a little pre-work in that I knew you had a question around like, I don't know if it was like work necessarily, but kind of what what you should be doing, I think that's how you put it. Mm -hmm. I threw some cards just out of curiosity, so it'll be interesting to see if it repeats. So okay. let's have some fun and see what happens. So,
1: and are uh, you're like, going to take the lead, right? You don't want me to? Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I need feedback, I'll I'll ask. Uh, and if a uh, loved one comes through, then I'll give you instructions on how to handle that. Okay.
1: okay.
2: All right. So I'd like you to just take a nice deep breath. And bring to mind an image or a memory that just really softens and opens your heart. And allowing all that love to fill your body to expand beyond your body so that it fills the room that you're in. i knowing that love is the bridge. We're going to invite your spirit guides, loved ones, whoever can assist with your session today.
3: All right. Let's see what is going on. So... There
2: actually is a kind of a, a repeat of the theme already. So, so the the first the first card that came up is the reverse star, and uh, so upright, it's all about like traditionally it's upright, it's about faith and hope. I tend to read the card as not only like faith and hope, but feeling connected to uh, purpose, so like a capital P.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's falling reversed, so so there's something about there's like a, a disruption, in as far as like kind of tying into that, like what what uh, what am I supposed to be doing thing? And then the other card that falls with it is the hermit, so there's also something that feels very um, I don't know if, uh, how do I say that like like you're having to do it all on your own. And the I had thrown some other cards, and the other cards are uh, from Lenarmond and and there's a theme in that as well of having kind of like ending, like uh, looks like ending a partnership, um,
3: and uh, I'll go back to that in a minute, So bear with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that? Mm-hmm. Excuse
2: me. Okay. So, uh, and so, okay, so not only blah 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 doing, uh, feeling
3: isolated, but, um, sorry, I'm looking at like a dozen cards. Um, I need to get out of my head for a second. It's interesting. It's it's kind of like there is the split between
2: like like on the outside, you know, everything appears to be like really great. Um sexual cups is like friendships and, and nine of pentacles, it's like, you know, you look around and, and everything looks really satisfying, but, but there's a, this internal friction about, uh, what is next and all like that. And one of the things that you are looking for, it looks like it's, um, more stability
3: the uh give me a mm-hmm. Like internally I feel like I'm all
2: over the place. Um and I'm used to having things just so, and that was one of the things that that came to me as I was was getting ready, as I had this image of playing with my toys and and being really careful with them and lining them up and and having them just so. And the, um, and I also, my readings tend to be everywhere. So um, the other oh, the other thing that I kept seeing was your uh, writing, and that also came up in and in, in the other cards. It seems like there is a book in you that needs to uh, come out, and then
3: please wrap up. with me I've been changing how I do readings. Uh, anything else are we doing this? What are we doing?
2: Okay. Let's doing this. So one of the things I do lately, it's called a daisy reading. You uh picture a daisy ask the person's energy to fill out the daisy and uh each part of the daisy represents something. And so I I like to draw them. And then, as I'm looking at them, they change. So, the the first thing I noticed is the work and uh, finances puddle were the smallest. Um, the center of the daisy represents uh your your sense of kind of like sense of self power and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And your so as I as I look at the daisy, it is very robust. Um slightly looking upward and and to me that represents uh kind of a seeking uh curiosity uh kind of thing and <laughs> what just pops into my head is like waiting for uh inspiration to sort of like uh like uh, just kind of like drop into and like, drop into your head like a, a message from the gods and sort of like uh, something <laughs> very tangible so uh the the pedal that represents uh fun is
3: um actually the one of the more, the more secure
2: petals. it's it's deeply rooted. Um so that's not uh their leisure time is not uh an issue.
3: Uh, often it's it's smaller with other people. Well,
2: it just it just turned like a, a rosy pink. Uh, so you also have it's interesting. Like you have a lot of support uh, for uh, around you, like friends and stuff. But but there's something that feels very very lonely
3: about uh, something very solitary about, about your work. Um,
2: And I was asking if, if, like you needed coworkers or anything like that. And that doesn't place like it. It's it's more like,
3: like you know, uh, it's more like
2: you know about whatever this. Is. You know that you have to do this alone. Like you know, it's like nobody can do it for you. So. Um, you, you are, uh, just really committed to,
3: to following through, um,
2: uh, the other thing is it feels like there is additional education that is uh, around you as well, um, And it also feels like that would also be important for helping you to to move on to to what is next. Uh, in the Lenormand card that I had told earlier, you had the fox and book, and the fox is very clever. The book is uh, things that are to be discovered. So, so again, reflecting that that curiosity that you have. Uh, There's also, uh, mice and fish, uh, and those represent, you know, worries around, uh, kind of, usually fish is like self-employment, but, but,
3: uh, yeah. So, anyways, so back to education, talk about that. As I
2: tune into the pedal that represents uh romantic relationships um,
3: there is a little heaviness there uh, mm-hmm. and there is
2: a feeling of separation uh the I had also pulled a, a, a flower card, and the, the card that came up was, was about um, giving your uh, kind of like being careful who you give your your heart to, and until you meet that person, like keep working on yourself. I'll send you a picture of the card and and the meaning. Um, but anyways, there's there's a, a bit of heaviness, and that also. Came up in the the
3: Letterman cards, um,
2: but there there feels like there's there's uh, some distance between you and and, and this person. Um, it almost feels like someone that that I would have to work with um, uh, in, in some way. Like there, there's some sort of
3: attachment. Does um, that make sense?
1: There's an attachment that you feel to this person?
2: No, 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 no. That that. Uh,
1: when you, what do you mean when you say someone I need to work with?
2: Oh, oh, like initially, like it felt.
3: Now, um, honestly, what keeps popping into my head is.
2: Thing that pops into my head at all things is Bumble, uh, and that the guy that founded Tinder. Anyways, like some sort of like business kind of partnership, like going in together uh, and building something, and then uh, for for whatever reason it it it, it has.
3: Ended, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but but I still feel attached in some way to this person. Does that makes sense?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, and you know they're really clever um, as well. Like you know, two two smart people,
3: meeting um, in the minds. Um, and. I hope you didn't hear that. I just got a text, and this text was a cracking sound. Uh, Anyways, so... We'll come back down. Let's see what else do you want to say about this. I was in here. The
2: other thing I would say is it's like the, the pedal starts to turn kind of purple. And um what what I hear is uh kind of like what is the the uh, the lesson in in this.
3: And um And unfortunately, all I hear in my head are,
2: are cliches about, um, you know, these things make you stronger, blah, blah, blah. And that's not the thing we want to hear when we're going through uh, something like this. But, you know, we, we know by my life experience, right, that, that crappy things happen and we kind of come out the other side with hopefully more insight about ourselves and the, and the, and the situation. Um, I gotta say there is, there is, so, and, and Tarot, um, the, the court cards are, are like the performers and bad boys and, and, uh, and the deck. And there's something about, uh, this person that, uh, I've been talking about that kind of has that bad boy with a car kind of feeling um which so what I mean by that is like a restless quality that makes it difficult for them to really commit so they miss a lot of the small details mm-hmm. and that can be really problematic when it comes to uh a partnership of any kind because uh, there's a little bit of uh, the extroversion has
3: them looking outward. Does that make sense?
1: It does. I wouldn't... Yes. I can apply that to the situation. Okay. Not using the word extroversion, but extravision. Well, if that makes sense.
3: extravision Interesting. Um... So, so okay. So let's see. So what else do you want to say about that? And so okay. So then as
2: so as as I, as I turn into you and as I look at at the cards uh, around the, the, that's representing you, there is like um, a sense uh, of—well,
3: the phrase I keep getting is, like, backed into a partner, Uh, and um, and there is—and it feels like a a fear uh, of—not fear, fear is not the right word. Maybe
2: it's more like uh, I think that fits actually more with when I was talking about the hermit, the sense of switch so back into a corner like like we normally think of it i'm I'm thinking of it more in terms of like I'm choosing to be in the corner because like I've got walls behind me, I know i i I can see what, what's in front of me, and I know that nothing's coming from behind me, so it's kind of like this safety position of mm. of uh hunkering down so that I have more control over the environment okay. and, uh, and, and, what's happening
3: and,
2: and that kind of swings into the, the, the puddle that's representing, um, other
3: relationships and their
2: the, the petals suddenly turned into uh water. And the the feeling I I had is there's something about uh there's there's a connection between what's happening, oh uh, no, that's not that's not it. I want to get this right.
3: I want to say this. There's something about
2: that feel, uh, the, something familiar. And that's the word uh, about having to be in the position where you are you know, trying to, uh, or, you, or you're trying to, or, or need to control uh, what's happening. Uh, and, and I think that kind of ties into that image of like getting toys just right. Um, the when the pedal turned to water, the first thing that popped into my head is there's a feeling of loss. So it's kind of like managing feelings. Uh, freezing is a way of, of managing feelings.
1: Uh, so let me, let me just make sure I understand. So are you saying puddle?
3: Turned uh, the, water? the, the pedal.
1: Pedal? flower
2: pedal. Yeah, the
3: flower oh, pedal. pedal. I'm yeah. sorry.
2: Yeah.
1: Got it, got it, got it.
2: Yeah. Um, so freezing can be a way of, of managing, uh, motions, right? It's sort of like get into the head, let's get logical, let's let's problem solve. Uh, and
3: you know, pack everything up. Uh and let's see. Interesting. I'm uh, hearing the last seven months and then seventeen months. It's a weird number. Um like, like I feel like I've I've been kind of passing things for that long uh, this this time around, uh, and There. So with
2: with that feeling of uh, you know, that that petal that turned into water, um, I keep feeling also like a a division within your family, uh,
3: and it's kind of like you're in the middle, and um,
2: and, and and feeling like. I am really wanting like I need to pull these two two sides together and 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 again, like being all alone and trying to to do that um it feels like part of that division is communication um,
3: and then it also feels like part of that
2: is uh grief. Like it feels like there's 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 grief that hasn't been um fully fully resolved uh that that impacts the whole family uh and 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 that makes it harder uh for for everybody to to come together um, and that's not to say like you know there aren't family gatherings or anything but but it's like a underlying uh, unspoken uh thing in the
3: room, the elephant in the room, I guess um, let's see what else and
2: and it's also important to to really uh, embrace how your experiences has has led you to be uh in the position in the position that you're in. Uh, it's, it's like you you've
3: really taken control of uh yourself. Um, and so the stem of the, of the daisy represents, uh, your, your spiritual path. And, um, and, and
2: it's, it's, the, the, core of that flower is, is really, really attached to, to that stem. So to me, it's a reminder of at your core, no matter what, you know, no matter what's happening, you know you you are strong, and uh, that's really important for for you to to remember. Though um, asking for for help and support uh, might be harder, but definitely ask for support um, because because it's available. Um, you. The leaves represent strength, and they only show up when uh, uh, like the the external expression of you is 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 all strength um, the the internal expression of you is is strength as well, but uh you know do with, with your own like you don't spill the beans to everybody. Uh, there's still, there's still a portion of you that, that is private as it should be.
3: Um, but, but again, uh, you don't have to go through everything, uh, alone. Uh, let's see.
2: interesting that your your work pedal is kind of uh it's, it's underneath i can actually send you a picture of really easy too um, is is underneath the, the the pedal representing uh other relationships so- uh feels like working in collaboration is is something that really can feed you uh and is something that uh yeah, and can feed you. Um, and there's a feeling of of uh, starting something up with with friends.
3: Um, it's really weird, but I keep getting like all these kind of technical tech
2: uh, images, but. But yeah, I just keep—I get the feeling of like, like a startup or or something like that. Uh, collaborative.
3: Let's see, what do you want to say? So the, the, the,
2: the project or, or, or whatever this is that I feel like it's collaborative that uh, I'm working with people that I that I, that I care about, that I feel connected
3: to, um,
2: there is a fragility to the relationships. And what do I mean by that? Like,
3: Like really good communication between everybody uh, being really really aware and respectful of each other'll' um, we'll, we'll keep
2: it keep it strong um,
1: and what was the word you used? It sounded sort of like fragility, but that's not what you're describing
2: yeah yeah well it it was because the the pedal felt kind of like. Velvety, and, and like the petals, where it's like they're really easy to to tear. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so there was just this feeling of really wanting to to approach it with with a lot of like soft intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's like that soft intention
3: gives it its strength um because it yeah is mm-hmm. it um, makes sense and you like Feels like in three months there is uh, something that's imp- announced connected to all this. Um, I it keep I it keep seeing something coming out of the shadows. Um, and. it feels like that uh, well, it doesn't
2: feel like uh, as, as I was saying that I was uh, looking at the the puddle representing finances
3: um so
2: my my initial thought was that it what I feel like it's like a side thing that
3: that I don't know sort of, not an Indiegogo, but, but it, it feels like a it's connected to the main thing, parallel to it. So, so that's like so it's something that, that's connected. Maybe, like, a soft launch. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is. Anyways, let's see. I almost want to say about this. Mm -hmm. That is it for the baby baby. Are we done with baby? that, we talked about that, we talked about that. Alright, so the
2: other thing I want to mention the other thing I want to mention because it won't leave my head is mountains. Like I just feel mountains around you. Um don't know why. Uh mountain card balls next to you, but usually that's just means, like, delays. But I get, like, I just feel like actual uh, mountains, which is weird.
1: Okay. Well, I feel I need to validate this right now because uh, okay. the mountains are where I feel spiritual. Ah. And I am not a religious or what I would call a spiritual person, but the mountains are my place. Okay.
2: Well, then, then charge up.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. uh,
3: the, uh, what do I want to say about that?
2: It might be it might be helpful to go there with the intention of of letting go. You know, like do the thing where you like if I write something on a piece of paper, burn it or something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But but some, something that can acknowledge past commitments to open yourself to new ones. Um Cause it, Cause it, feels like that is really what wants to come is it feels like, you know, there's, there's new commitments, that to be made. Um, but, but for some reason, uh, it could just be being in my head, but, uh, but there's a, but there's, again, there's like that holding back, like getting back into that corner of wanting to be able to, to be able to control and protect yourself. Um,
3: And some
2: things we we can't uh, puzzle our way through. You know, they, they just have to be they have to be lived. And unfortunately, loss is one of those things that that just has to be lived. Um, and in my psychotherapy training. Uh, Didi used to say that, you know, sometimes we have to find meaning and then sometimes we have to create meaning. Mm.
3: And there's nothing wrong with with creating meaning. Um, It's certainly better than the alternative. Uh, And That's just I keep hearing, uh, the Lion King, that circle of life song, uh, through my head. Um, But, but it, in a way it kind of makes sense. because uh, it keeps showing um I about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So
2: uh um, as for there's Wheel of Fortune and Operate, it's like luck is on your side, reverse, not so much. I tend to think of the Wheel of Fortune as like being at a game show and you have this opportunity to spin the wheel. And what the other thing I think about with the Wheel of Fortune is the importance of being in the center of it. So because, you know, life is going to do its thing and sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. But when we are in the center, we can respond to what's happening and and not react so much, and that kind of reminds me of how I was talking about how the center of the flower and the stem is so strong, right? So it's winds blowing, and and all those areas of your life are are fluctuating, but there there is a. This this core self that can look out into the world and respond to it and, and make choices uh, and, and instead of uh, reacting and falling into habitual patterns. Um, and the, the thing about those patterns is it's important to recognize them for, for what what they are. At, some, at one time, they were very, they were needed. You know, it it, it was the only way to, to to respond to a situation, but if if that's the only tool we have, then, then it it gets cumbersome and, uh, anyways,
3: so let's see, talk about that. All right, we can, oh, we're going to open it up to
2: more conversational here. Um, What? uh, So questions, clarification, anything that I've talked about that you'd like to know more about or anything I haven't talked about that you would like me to look at?
1: Well, pardon me. um, You hit a lot of stuff that that definitely applies to what's going on in my life. Um, uh, Work relationships, family. um, I am kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and I am so interested and curious in everything. I'm afraid to give anything up. Um, So it's kind of FOMO in a way, Um, but I also struggle to know, like I know at this point I've got to focus and actually uh, move forward on a project or not or let it go, and I'm I'm really struggling to figure out which one or how many I should do and um and so uh and it's also been a, a very difficult financial strain on my husband and so my husband and our lawyers and we uh, we were in practice together a long time ago but um you talk about a partnership that is broken up there's there's something definitely related there um professionally mm-hmm. um and i feel like it's time for us to kind of go our separate ways and do our own thing and i'm going to stop quote, helping, um, and let him figure it out. And I'll do the same for myself. Um, and, uh, so there's that, um, you talked about the collaborative project. Uh, my friend Kathy and I are, I've been working on this project on an unprosecuted murder out of Texarkana, Arkansas. And, um, we're finally going to sit down and write it and make it into a podcast But we had talked about doing sort of a general podcast on just mysteries, unsolved murders. But one thing she said to me this week was um, that she feels like one thing that's missing on a lot of these very popular True Crime podcasts is is a kind of a lack of empathy for the families or people connected to them. And so that kind of struck a chord when you... (laughs) I don't remember exactly the words you used and I cannot wait to go back and listen to this again. But, um, so that made sense. Uh, and,
2: um, Yeah, you know, when, when you asked, you know, what, what should you, what should you drop and really focus on? Uh, some, I had my responses, like my spot on, uh, signal. Mm. Uh, and when you mentioned the empathy piece, everything lit up, uh, mm. including the, including the pedal. Um, it feels, it feels like that can be a, a, a real
3: powerful place for you to put your time and
1: attention. And, okay, and- good. <laughs> Cause I haven't been able to get out of my head, but I also, <laughs> here's the thing, everything I do is my. Heart insists that it do something to help some greater good. Mm-hmm. So I've also got this law firm I've been trying to develop that is low cost and flat fee for people who represent themselves because there's so many people who need legal help. And um, so I guess I feel like and I have a nonprofit. So I feel like if I'm giving something up, I'm giving up the opportunity to help people who need it. And so that's part of the struggle with the decision, too. And so by focusing on, say, a podcast, I think there are people we could help and comfort, potentially even find answers. But then I'm afraid to also not empower women or empower people in the legal system. And I know I can't do it all.
2: That's well that is correct. Like. So part of it is is trusting that uh you have mentored people well enough that they can step up and and take uh, take the position that you are stepping away from mm-hmm. so so that might be something for you to to think about is you know you kind of a succession success of leadership um, mm-hmm. so that you know it, it can be something that you are. Still holding, you're holding a space for it, but you're, you're not having to be in the day to day of it, mm-hmm. um, and can be there and, and like an advisory kind of
3: uh, capacity, and then step in when, when absolutely necessary.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely where I am with the nonprofit. <sighs> um, another thing that you talked about was. I gotta, Went over and get my pen that fell on the floor. Oh. <laughs> it was a family dynamic and my older sister died um mm-hmm. uh, in July and it has really uh deepened and widened the, the fractures in my kind of core family and that has been a struggle. Um Particularly thank you. Um she was an alcoholic and so it was kind of a weird thing. Um and I've been, you know, open about it. I there was I was not you know, i had grieved her a long time ago, so it wasn't kind of a I'm gonna say normal, I don't know if, if there is normal but kind of a normal situation. Um where you were kind of expecting it. And I was surprised it hadn't happened sooner, but, um, it doesn't make it any less painful. And especially knowing what a, what an incredible person she was, that she was never able to recognize. And,
3: um, you know, it's just, and there's just,
1: you know, just family shit yeah. that I'm, trying to avoid at all costs, Um, but I also know what's going on and I know you know uh, I have heard people's opinions of me which is painful Um, my motivations I guess, which I
3: I feel like always my motivations are pure Um, anyway I mean that's not I I mean, you, you know this about yourself, the, the, that feeling of trying
2: to pull everything together, uh, I mean, that's a role you, you, you've been doing since you were a kid.
1: Yep.
3: And, um,
2: and in a way, you're an easier target because you've you've tried stepping outside that role. So, so there's that expectation when you're in it to to take that back on, and uh, that, that that doesn't feel healthy mm-hmm. uh, to to do
3: that. Um, it's a
2: it's a lot of of strain to to take to take on to take that on. Okay.
1: Yes, I feel like I'm the person so many people come to for help, but then, um, and I have done a lot for a lot of people, but then when uh, I don't know if it, the going gets tough, I don't know if that's the right way to characterize it, but then I'm somehow become the bad guy, and I don't. I'm torn between wanting to prove that I'm not and tell them to go fuck themselves. And it's a
3: difficult place to be. I think sometimes we have to embrace our role as a catalyst.
1: A catalyst for what?
3: Change.
2: Right? Like being the truth teller in the room or yeah being the truth teller in the room mm-hmm. and and you know part of part of that is taking the heat from from people but, but part of it also is speaking up for you know those who, who don't have a voice and yeah who, you know, like within the family, speaking up, for instance, you know, you're giving voice to all the all the little girls within you who who didn't have an opportunity to say something, mm. or, or or something that you know your your sister uh, had, had had said or struggled with that she didn't have a voice for, and and the same thing with the podcast idea, you know. It is this opportunity to
3: kind of drop the, you know,
2: the. uh, It's an opportunity to like the the image I have is is like you know dropping like a a stone in water and watching the ripples, but but it's more than that. It's not just dropping the stone and then letting letting the, you know, what happens, happen.
3: Um, but it's like staying, staying present so that the
2: unspoken voices can be, can be heard. Mm. Uh Whether that's the, the family's response or, or, or whatever.
3: Um, and and yeah, uh, sometimes the loving thing to do is just to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, this is this is where I like
2: Marianne Williamson. She, she had a lecture that uh, uh, really inspired me. Uh, which you know, it's like sometimes the loving thing is is to set up a boundary that says no. Mhm.
3: And as I say, Hitler was not was not. Uh,
2: uh, defeated with written means, you know. Sometimes we we have to really firmly, dramatically um, take our space. Mm. But there's also a difference between an assertive energy and an aggressive energy. And then that that goes back to, you know, are are we coming from a reactive place or or um, a responsive a reactive place will give will give the aggression. The responsive place will give assertiveness. And yeah. you know your you will know your intention when delivering. So whatever their reaction is, that's theirs to deal with. You don't have to take care of their their, their feelings
3: about it. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. I know that <laughs> it's hard to practice sometimes. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to rush this, but I also don't want to run out of time before I get information from you. But I do want to ask you. Um, unless there's anything more you want to yeah, say, it's up to you. Okay. Um, uh, I told you when we first communicated that I'm a, I'm a curious skeptic, but. Um, and you would ask me about any loved ones and I I'm open to it, but I also at the same time don't really believe in it, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you with that preface, um, if there is anyone you have felt with us that is connected to me somehow.
2: The the, the primary, uh, presence I have felt is male. Uh, and and this would be a male that is just
3: as, um, well, sort of, sort of like, uh, I, I think he was looking at himself as like another you, hmm. um, like a similar,
2: similar way of thinking, um, but, but that's, that's, that's the only presence I've, I've felt today. And um, it doesn't mean that another session, uh, so for me, there's, there's, there's this line of, of readings and sittings, and, um, and, and some, sometimes, uh, loved ones will, will, will show up and then sometimes it's like they need like the floor. Well, sitting is really like for them to have the floor.
3: Mm.
2: And for them to get to communicate what they need to to sort of get to, to get off their chest, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, so yeah, so
2: it's, it's not to say that your your sister wouldn't show up another time. Um, and my approach is, I, I don't. Uh, dial anyone up? It's more of who who shows up.
3: So mm-hmm. um, no, I'm sorry that,
2: that I'm I'm not picking her up for you. Today.
1: Oh no, that's okay. Believe me, it could be any number of people. Um, a lot of people I care about have died over the years. But um, so can you um, can you kind of tell me a little bit about you and and sort of what you call yourself um, and how this practice or these practices that you do sort of developed?
2: Sure. Um, I consider myself a psychic medium and I have been doing this. I had my, well, I had my first paid reading when I was 19 and I'm 45 now. And that's when I, I think of, my official career uh, or whatever uh, with this work taking off. But I have always been into this stuff and my mother was seeing a healer when I was a kid and so I grew up where I knew this kind of stuff was okay but it's something the the adults did. Uh, I wasn't really directly exposed. But when I was in the eighth grade, I felt this energy around my head, and uh, I was during a school music concert. And I was super bored. And I had my eyes closed, and I was watching this swirling disc. And there's like a line in it. I noticed that if I concentrated and made the the lines stay horizontal, that this fuzzy feeling or, or whatever around my head made me feel like I was getting lighter. Uh, and then if I made it vertical, it felt like I was getting taller. So I thought that was super cool. And uh begged my mother for money to get a book. So I bought a book on psychic development and tried everything in it, and nothing worked except for uh, an exercise where you send energy through an orange and feel it from the inside out. And so but I didn't want to do healing because my mother was was with her illnesses and they tried it. So I tried for years, two years to, to open up the psychic side. So when I finally gave up and tried healing at work right away, and then I started training as a healer and then, uh, some teachers from Barbados, uh, who would come to Vermont to to do lectures and stuff? You know, June said that if I focused on my spirituality, all the other things would would come into place. And so that's what I did. And then gradually, uh, the psychic pieces started to open, and the mediumship. And I met my teacher uh, Brenda, who has since passed on, and trained with her that answer the question.
1: Yeah. Um what do you mean by healer? Like a spiritual healer or a mental yeah, healer? Uh,
2: h- how how I was taught was uh like like place your hands, think love, can't hurt anybody. And since then I've trained in a whole bunch of different kinds of of uh healing practices, like like Reiki and Corona Reiki and I went to the Barbara Brennan School of Healing and uh did the psychotherapy training like so healing has has been a huge portion of of my life and and readings are are healing it's just healing with words and um so everything i do ultimately flows back to the basic premise of one do no harm and, and helping people
1: when and you call it their tarot cards yeah i not tarot I, yeah how, how do you, how, so, um, you know, the cynic in me says, well, couldn't you interpret all of the cards for every person? <laughs> you know, I mean, couldn't it, They like, all kind of apply somehow to everyone? H- how do you know, I don't want to say that you're right, but I mean, like, how do you deal with that, the cynicism, I guess? I'll just... Well, hopefully, uh,
2: I get something that is unique enough that. But it's like okay, like like maybe maybe this person isn't isn't just making stuff up, but the cards should speak to everybody, right? They're for our lives, but I think we'll back up. When I was nineteen and I hadn't that first client, I was you know my friend had a friend in town and she was like oh she's she's in town why don't you do a reading and I'm like oh I don't know. And she like bring your cards, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I I went over and I I just, uh, and I didn't really know the cards.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I vaguely knew what the cards meant. So the uh, how I was taught was to hold objects uh, or or to use nothing, uh, and to just tune into the person. So I had her shuffle the cards, and I held her ring. And the first thing I said is, you're here because a relationship is is ending. And I flipped a card, and it was a tower, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I just matched what I said. The tower is like sudden uh, disruptions. Mm-hmm. And then I said something else, and I flipped the card, and it matched what I said. And I was like, how cool Like, I'm thinking, like, how how, how are pieces of paper backing up on top of each other in, in such a way that's matching what I'm saying? And uh, I told her some other things, and at the end of the reading, uh, she said her last mate, she was there, because her relationship was kind of like books, and her last name was Powers. Hmm. And I was like, how did that happen? So that made me really fascinated by the cards themselves and divination and cardomancy and all of that. So when you're reading cards, you're looking at relationships. Between cards, mm-hmm. so so that's one way I know. The other thing is I don't read like a traditional reader. I move cards around, so if I move cards to the left, it's to get me to say talk about something as being in the past. If I end up moving cards to the right, it's something that's in the future. If it's a court card and I have it circling uh, another card, it's, it's, it's usually that the, the person is estranged. Uh, so, so it's more of a gut knowing and trusting mm-hmm. that your intuition is taking you to the right interpretation of a card because all the all the cards have multiple meanings. So, so it's it's letting your your intuition lead you to uh, the right one.
1: And are you are you visualizing these things that are coming to you?
2: Uh, let's see. So. For me, it's a little like the Matrix. Like I feel like the back of my head and neck uh, gets fuzzy, and when that is happening, I am aware of the spirit world and guides and all that. And it's it's more like it just sort of falls into my head, Uh, and and that that includes the interpretation for the cards. Mm. Uh, If I don't feel that fuzzy feeling, I know that what I'm about to say is me. Uh, and, and I'm usually pretty good at like letting people know it's like okay this isn't like a psychic thing this is this is from my training or this is this is uh, something that I personally have experienced and and uh, I'm just throwing in there but on on uh, my table you know I've got tarot cards laid out for you I have the lunar spread that I uh, I did I've got the flower card that I pulled for you. And, and your Daisy. But sometimes I, I I go all out just because I'm curious, and I had a lot of time to prep for for your session today. So,
1: would you um, just take a picture of the table for me? Oh, of course. Um, and then just two more very quick things. Uh-huh. How how would you suggest to people that they look for um, charlatans? I guess uh, because there are so many options out there for readings mediums uh healers it's hard to know i don't know any personally so it's hard to know who to who to trust i don't even know how to articulate this and then the second thing will be just how how people can get in touch with you the best way to reach you yeah
2: Yeah. so you know uh if you if you go for a reading and they you know like i'm going to do this a spell for you and get you the love of your life for three hundred dollars. That's a pretty good sign that uh, you, you might you might think otherwise, or you know the whole oh there's there's this presence around you and and uh, yeah I need to cleanse you all that kind of stuff. The other is like when people ask personally when I do readings, I, I want to know as little as possible about someone. Unless, unless it's wondermond uh, in that tradition, it's for very specific questions. Uh, so, if a reader is, is asking you for a lot of a lot of input, I mean, I asked you for some, but someone's asking for a lot of input that can can be not a sign that they're a charlatan, but um, it speaks, I think, a little bit to their level of training. Like, like when I watch those mediumship programs on TV, for instance. There is a certain program where the person
3: would, and I'm sure it was how I'm sure it's how it's edited because I was, nope. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. That's weird. What, what did you hear? I heard like a
2: battery is dead sound.
3: Oh, I didn't hear
2: that. That's very weird. <laughs> um. And I haven't had my office. Very strange. Um, wondering if my my earbuds. Uh, but anyways, I'll get this out. So, you know, it's so fishing. Uh, like, oh, you have a grandmother, aunt, cousin, female in the Mm. spirit world. You know that kind of thing. General, general things. Uh, with mediumship, I, I prefer that people do a yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, but it needs, to, but you know, what someone says needs to be evidential, not not general. You know, yeah, I can have a grandma in the spirit world, but you'll know it's your grandma if, like, mother never hears this. But you know, it's like if someone said, "Oh, you have this lovely grandma who who bakes," that's totally not my grandma.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so. Looking
2: for someone who who can be is working toward precision,
1: mm-hmm. I guess. Right, and who just doesn't appear to be making a bunch of guesses. Yeah. Until uh, they get a response or a reaction.
2: Yeah, um, but you know, also some readings are kind of general, and then some readings are super specific. Mm-hmm. And there's, you I know mean, that's that just kind of goes to the territory of of intuition and. How well, as a reader you, you you connect with someone, and I think it's far better to be to have a reading with someone where they're like really honest, but that's what I do is like uh, clearly this is not like working, so here's your money and i and then I refer people to someone else uh that, that they may have a better connection with so mm-hmm. so yeah, well, I
1: don't okay. that I answered your question, yes, it does. So and then I guess finally, what uh, what is the best way? Do you do you have an Instagram? Do you do you have anywhere that you uh, publish or do anything?
2: So right now there is my website uh, synthesisguide.com. There's also medium, medium.brianparker.com and uh, calling me this works too. Uh, right. Both of those, the Fishing Way email, and it has my phone number there, too. Okay.
1: And you also do workshops and trainings?
2: I do. I have a a weekly development circle
1: uh,
2: on mediumship and psychic development, and
3: we're
2: putting together a a healing class. And I teach about once a month a cartomancy or vertro class.
1: And you are in Austin?
2: I am in Austin, Texas.
1: I love Austin. And you need lots of readings to be able to afford to live there.
2: It is. It has become a very pricey city.
1: Yes. Well, I appreciate you very much. Uh, this oh, has I- been... Actually, super helpful to kind of crystallize things a little bit for me. And uh, again, I'm going to listen to it again and see what happens.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, my policy is if in the next couple of days something kind of pops into your head and it's like, you know, I, I wish I had asked about that or I need a little more clarity on it, just let me know. Okay. And, and I'll kind of tune into it and check it out.
1: Okay. I appreciate that.
2: And yeah, so I hope this was somewhat helpful and, and some food for thought.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I will. I'm, I might be calling back to see if we can get in touch with any loved ones or otherwise. Sure. I've never tried to do that. So it, it might be an interesting exercise. I don't know. We'll see. I may not want to hear from anyone. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Well, the nice thing is you usually you, if there is someone that you have a difficult relationship with, they're very respectful and and how they they uh, approach the situation.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, Well, thank you.
2: All right. Well, you have a super day.
1: Yes. Thank you. You do the same. And thanks for accommodating me. And let me record this. Hopefully it recorded. But I'll let you know for sure before um, I publish. Sure. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Alrighty, I am back. And I had made notes um, after I listened to this the second time or while I was listening to it the second time. And I just wanted to comment on some things. Uh, so these were things I was thinking about as I was listening, but I didn't want to say because I didn't want to give anything away or, or focus the conversation in any way. I just wanted him to, to say and do his thing. So when he talks about the hermit card and having to do everything on my own, that is absolutely the way I feel all the time. I don't know why, Uh, but I just do. I think it's just kind of a lifetime of of, um, having to, I guess, just kind of figure things out for myself and do things on my own and maybe not count on people. But that is not to say that I don't have supportive people around me. That is just how I've, I guess, shaped myself. Um, He says the outside appears great, Uh, friendships, satisfying um, relationships. That is true. I, I do have a great life, uh, great friendships, great husband, uh, great family. So um, that's true. But he says there's internal friction about what's next and that I'm seeking more stability. Internally, I'm all over the place, but I'm used to having everything just so. I honestly don't remember the last time I had everything just so, but there was a time when I, I did have pretty good control over things and I was well organized, but definitely I've had internal friction about what to do next. So in 2015, I was gainfully employed with a decent salary, healthcare, all of that stuff. And I, my job was eliminated eliminated one morning without notice. And so since then, so we're going on now, We it's been four years and I have been, um, I guess, trying to build businesses that have so far been unsuccessful, but I also don't regret anything I've done. So um, I'll talk more about that in just a minute. So yeah, so now I'm, I'm at the point now, though, just financially and for my mental health and for my relationship with my husband, I need to figure out what I'm doing. I need to, as I say, shit or get off the pot. So that's kind of where my anxiety has been. All right, then he talks about this daisy. So he draws a daisy, and you can see this on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to post the picture uh, that the center of the flower represents my sense of self or power. I have a very robust daisy. And I like to hear that. I feel like I am a pretty robust person um, in lots of ways, and that it's looking upward uh, as if it's seeking or there's a curiosity, um, kind of waiting for inspiration to drop into my head. And I definitely am always curious. I'm always seeking. Uh, It's a problem I have. But it's also a a beautiful thing about my brain um, is that I'm always seeking information and I'm curious about everything, so I like that. It says my fun pedal is more secure and it's deeply rooted. Uh, Leisure time is not an issue. I really question this because I feel like I don't have leisure time, but at the same time, I really enjoy the things that I do. So maybe that's what that is. And I certainly have had the funnest life. I've had a great time so far, and I, I hope to have more. So anyway, um, that was one thing I was thinking about as he was talking about that. He says that I have a lot of support around me, um, but something feels lonely or solitary about my work and wonders if I need co-workers. But at the same time, I know I have to do this alone. I am very committed to following through. So on this, I was thinking um, that... Yes, it is. Everything I do kind of is by myself. I have all these projects and kind of jobs I do. And it is pretty solitary. And I enjoy working with people. Um, But but I also, sometimes I'm not good at working with people. So anyway, I don't know about that. But definitely when I have a project with someone, it helps me a lot. It helps me move forward. My ADHD gets kind of, you know, focused. And so I, I am better about getting tasks done. And... He talks about me, something about getting additional education and it will help me move on to the next thing. So there are two things there. One is learning how to do a podcast and not just this one that I'm working on, but the um, kind of true crime podcast that I'm working on with Kathy Fry. That is also requiring a lot of learning because it's basically, is producing a story. Um, and then the other thing is Law to Go which is my law firm and it's going to rely pretty heavily on technology which I'm having to figure out so that's kind of how I interpreted that um, the romantic relationships a feeling of heaviness and separation uh, definitely can relate to that you know it's expensive not to make any money and um, it has been quite a burden on my husband, on me, and there's a lot of guilt there. And, you know, I mean, anyone who's struggled financially knows that it adds a lot of anxiety and stress to a relationship. There is, you know, nothing unusual about us. We'll get through it. I know how it feels when money comes back. And it's, it's a real feel of elation. And it just takes a level of worry off to allow you to enjoy your life. And, um, you know, when I'm feeling a little bit down, I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I can go get a job if I need to. Uh, there are many people who are in such so worse positions than I am. So I just try to kind of keep things in perspective and know it's going to work out. Um, and that it's all up to me whether it's going to work out. So definitely heaviness. Uh, but we're, we're good. We're Jason and I are solid. We're just, you know, working through it. And then he talks about building a something, a business partnership or something um, which has ended, but I'm still attached to the person. So that is definitely, Jason, uh, we had... I guess last year, um, he transitioned into estate planning and it's basically building a brand new business. And I had committed to doing, um, marketing for him and was not terribly effective. I still really don't know how to do digital marketing and I don't know that anyone does, but at the time that I had this call with Brian, we had, uh, Jason and I had just had sort of an argument about where we are and what kind of failures and I don't know, just, you know, just having a discussion about all that. And it was, um, it was difficult, so it was kind of a partnership that ended because we, like I said in the conversation, we sort of decided to go our separate ways professionally, although we still help each other and, and do things for each other, of course, just like before, but there's no real formal um or even really loose agreement. Uh, and he says that these two people are, are both clever and smart and we are. So Jason's the smartest person I know. I love him. Um, and then he talks about tarot cards, which I have always called tarot. Uh, he talks about this other person being a bad boy and, um, he has trouble committing to things. So he misses small details, uh, and that, his extroversion has him looking outward. Now, if if that is Jason, <laughs> he's not extroverted at all. He's very introverted and shy. Um, uh, so I'm not really sure what this is. I don't think of him as a bad boy at all. Um, but I said in the conversation that I would use the, the term extravision, not extroversion. And so I think what I meant by that was that, yes, he has kind of big dreams and ideas and goals, but may not be as good at executing them. So maybe, you know, that's what that means by trouble committing. So he misses small details. I don't know. I can't speak for Jason. He can take it to his own therapist if he wants to. Um, let's see. Um, all the family stuff, uh, kind of speaks for itself. I won't get into that anymore. Uh, he talks about things from the last seven months and the last 17 months, uh, seven months I interpret as my is this kind of partnership with Jason on the estate planning thing, and then 17 months would be a lot to go. So those, it, he says that I've been passing things along for those amounts of time, and I think that means that I just have not gotten uh, enough done in those areas in this time. And I've kind of put things off, and now it's time to get serious. Uh, let's see. Um Oh, on the also, so he talks about the work pedal and that it's under the other relationships pedal. And he spoke about a collaboration. And at the very same time that I was having this conversation with him, my friend Kathy and I were talking about how to monetize this true crime podcast, and it's going to be called Unsolved Arkansas. And we had talked about doing... Okay, so so back to what Brian said. Uh, he says there's a feeling of starting something up with friends, uh, tech images, technology, a feeling of a startup or something like that, collaborative. Um, I have in my notes that it was so hard not to respond to this because Kathy and I had just been talking about this. Um, the project is with people I care about and connected to. There's a fragility to the relationship, um, meaning the... Petal felt velvety and easy to tear so there was a feeling of wanting to approach with soft intention, which gives it strength and that something was going to happen in about three months, something coming out of the shadows. The, the finance pedal was... Um, involved something like Indiegogo, which is a crowdsourcing fundraiser, um, but it's connected to the main thing. It's parallel to it. So how I interpret that is we had talked about, we've got the free podcast, and then there's sort of the side, the Patreon version of the podcast, which is a membership. So Patreon is a membership. Let's say you pay five bucks a month, you get extra content, maybe more direct communication with the podcasters. And so we were just talking about ways to monetize it because it's hard to get sponsors, um, for any amount of money. And, um, So anyway, that's how I interpreted that. So that was kind of actually exciting because it felt like it was exactly what I was going on and uh, had going on and was working on with Kathy and the part about uh, doing it with empathy. Um, I thought that was really interesting as well. So um, let's see. I think that is about it. And I don't know. It was fun. I... uh, I do think it would be interesting to have a conversation with him and see if any loved ones come through and see if he identifies anything specific enough that would make me believe that he has some ability to communicate. Um, I feel a little weird questioning it. I don't know. Um, Anyway, I don't know. We'll see. I anticipate I'll try him back. There are a bunch of these folks out there, uh, which is why I asked him, how do you figure out who's good? And I think there are also some people who are desperate to believe and who are... I'm going to say gullible. I'm gullible too about lots of things. So I don't, I don't say that critically. Uh, I just think some people are more open to this and can read a lot more into it than, uh, Oh, maybe is valid. I don't know. But anyway, I really enjoyed talking to Brian. He was a really nice guy. And I think I like that he is I like that he has a psychotherapy background, uh, because again, this is kind of, uh, it was almost like a therapy for me. And sometimes I just need to hear things a certain way and it, it makes it click in my brain and it helps me make decisions, um, or change things or do something. And so, uh... I did find that this was a little bit helpful. It made me a little more focused on what I need to do, and I've been pretty productive. So anyway, um, send us your spooky stories or your experiences with mediums or psychics, especially if they were bullshit. I want to hear those stories too. And how did you find out? Um, I used to be obsessed with ghost hunters and long Island media and all that stuff. And thank God we don't have cable anymore. Um, I was also in a deep, dark depression. So I had lots of time where I laid around and watched TV, but, uh, anyway, like I said, I want to believe, um, you know, I have, I've seen no particular proof and, uh, I kind of don't want to. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now, and I hope you enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun to do, and maybe we'll try it again. So, thanks. I need to ask you a favor. I just need for you to subscribe, spread the word, rate, review, be an uppity woman supporter. We're all in this together.